Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beach House 34 podcast. I'm your host, Christine Worth. This week, I did have something else planned for you, and I will do that next week. Um, But in light of the breaking news in the arrest of a man in the case of the uh, Libby German and Abby Williamson case, if you're familiar with that, known as the Delphi murders, the two young girls, I thought I'd do a brief overview of that case. It's a little frustrating because the amount of information that's been released over the years hasn't exactly been super transparent. Uh, With that being said, here's what we do know about the Delphi murders and the arrest. On Monday, February 13th of 2017, at 1.30 in the afternoon, Abigail, known as Abby Williams, who's 13, and Liberty, known as Libby German, who is 14, were dropped off at the Monon High Bridge Trail in Delphi, Indiana. Now, Libby and Abby, they were only going to be on the trails uh, for a few hours. Family members were supposed to pick them up at the same location that they were dropped off at around 5.30 that same night. While they were there, uh, Libby takes a Snapchat photo of Abby walking along the high bridge, which crosses over Deer Creek. The bridge itself was blocked by a chain link fence because it's so unstable. It doesn't have any guardrails that run alongside it. Uh, But it obviously doesn't stop various people from making their way across the bridge, including Libby and Abby. Now, when 5.30 came around and it was time to pick up the girls, they weren't at their meeting spot. Family members climbed out of the car. They went to go look for them. And after some time, um, and obviously worried by this point, they decided to call the police to report them missing. The families were concerned, and rightly so. Right, If they had made their way to the bridge itself, uh, which we know that they had because of the Snapchat photo, this was a valid concern because the bridge was incredibly unstable. The area around the bridge and along the trails, um, though, it's really well known. And it's a well-used nature reserve, has multiple walking paths. It's a very dense area normally full of trees, but in February in Indiana, the leaves would have been um, off of the trees because it was still kind of winter time, making the area a little more visible than it would normally have been in the summertime. Now, this is helpful because uh, it aids in searching for the girls. So after the call came in about the missing girls, almost immediately search parties were formed and much of the search was focused around the base of the bridge and around the trails that led to and from the bridge. The search parties, they continued looking for the girls until midnight when the search was finally cut off. The plans were to resume the search the following morning on Valentine's Day. Shortly after sunrise, the search resumed on Valentine's Day. This is on February 14th of 2017. A canine group was even called in from out of state to help aid in the search of the two girls. Around 12.15 p.m. on that same day, 
two bodies were located about one half to three quarters of a mile upstream from the high bridge along the Deer Creek. And if you remember, the high bridge is the unstable bridge and it runs over Deer Creek. At first, people were confused. The search parties were confused because they began to pull them back, but they wouldn't comment. The police wouldn't comment on what they had found. At the time, there wasn't any instant verification that what they had located were, in fact, the girls that they were looking for. As the day wore on, uh, people were curious, of course, and police finally gave a statement saying that the bodies found were, in fact, that of Libby German and Abby Williams. They wouldn't release any details about them, though. Nothing about how they were found or what happened to them, only that they were found along the edge of Deer Creek and not actually in the water itself. No matter what questions were thrown at them, the officials were being incredibly tight-lipped about any of the details. The only other thing that they said was that they were investigating it as a crime scene and considered it a double homicide investigation. The following day on Wednesday, the 15th of February, at 6.15 p.m., the local news released a photo of a man that was taken walking along the trails around the same time the girls went missing. The photo that was circulated was incredibly blurry, but showed a man wearing jeans, a navy blue jacket, and some kind of hat or cap. The photo was spread across multiple media outlets all across the state. And once the photo was shown, hundreds of leads came in. On Thursday, the 16th of February, one of the tips that had come in seemed credible enough to police to lead to a search of a home just outside of Delphi. Unfortunately, the police didn't find any solid evidence and no arrests were made. When the bodies were located, they were found on private property near the creek, near Deer Creek. The man who owned the property, Ron Logan, was interviewed by local news and said he was still stunned that this had happened so close to his house. He could look all the way down to the creek and he could see the crime scene tape wrapped around bare trees near the area of the creek where the girls were found. Now, remember, this is his property, so his house sits uh, quite a ways away, actually, from the creek. But because the it was February and the trees were bare, it was easy to see all the way down there. Now, agencies from all over headed to Delphi to help handle all of these tips that were coming in. There were so many, in fact, that every parking spot in the entire downtown of Delphi was crammed with police, sheriff, and FBI vehicles. On Saturday, the 18th of February, a public visitation was held at Delphi High School where thousands of people attended. In the meantime, local businesses and groups across Delphi were holding fundraisers all aimed to help the families. On the 22nd of February, 
Police gave another public statement at the Delphi United Methodist Church and stated that it was Libby who had taken the photo of the man in a blue coat walking along the bridge. Not only that, but she had started recording audio and video when she realized that her and Abby were in trouble. Part of that audio from that video that Libby took is probably very familiar to you. And if you've not heard it before, it's a little creepy, but I will play it for you here. It's a man's voice saying, down the hill. The bottom line is, Libby was a hero. She was a quick thinker who not only felt the need to take a photo, but also started recording video. And we'll find out more about this information a little later on, because it comes back into play. Now, by this time, after the photo and now the audio had been released, the Delphi police had received so many tips that they had to route many of them to the FBI's major case contact center in Washington, D.C. The FBI then put out information on over 6,000 electronic billboards in 46 different states to get whatever information they could from the public. Additionally, a reward fund had been established early on in the case and as of the 27th of February had reached $96,000, all donations from the local community and local businesses. Additionally, former Indianapolis Colts punter Pat McAfee and the team owner Jim Ursay also donated $97,000 to the fund, now bringing the reward up to $200,000. Now, weeks go by, and there was no more information provided by the police. Nothing. Then on March 16th, the Indiana State Police served another search warrant of a Delphi property. This property happened to be the home of Ron Logan, who was the owner of the property where the girls were found. Now, Ron, at this time, is 77 years old. He is not considered a suspect, but police are still looking for evidence that could, quote, possibly link him to the case or even remove him from being linked at all. Nearly 15 officers, including deputies, state police, and the FBI, they all arrive at his house around 11.30 in the morning. The police said that they were, quote, just following up on some tips and interviews and leads that we've gotten. We're trying to clear him to see or see if he's more of a suspect than we originally thought. Now, Mr. Logan, he did end up being arrested on a probation violation. Uh, Nothing to do with the girls, but the probation violation was of driving his vehicle because he had a drunk driving conviction that prohibited him from even having access to a vehicle, much less driving one. But what he had done is he had driven to the Carroll County Transfer Station, and this is a place where Delphi residents can drop off trash and recyclables, and he did this on the day that the girls went missing, which, uh, although the police didn't say it, um, probably sent up some kind of red flag in the case. 
Mr. Logan did have a court hearing shortly after his arrest, and he did plead guilty to being a habitual traffic violator. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh about that, but, you know, it just seems... In the whole scheme of things, when they're looking for the killer of two girls, you know, this seems like way down on the radar, right? He also had some pending charges of providing false information and obstructing justice, but these were dropped after he entered his plea deal. The warrant on his property um, actually covered not only his house, but his vehicles, the buildings outside his home, the entire property itself, which, as we now know spans all the way to the creek where the bodies were found. Now, of course, the police, uh, they don't say a word. And this is pretty much true throughout the entire duration of this case. They give as little information as possible about what's going on. Seriously. So we don't know what the tip was that led to Mr. Logan's property. Um... We also know that the investigators were there for over six hours. Um, And again, they said, hey, we're here because we have probable cause based on some tips that they received. But whatever it was, it definitely, they felt it important enough to bring all of those officers as well as the FBI in to search for six hours. Now, Ron, he was never charged in anything related to the girl's murder. Now, up to this point in time, the police had actually served about 12 search warrants, but no one yet has been arrested or even brought in, at least as far as we know. Now, a few more weeks go by and the update as of April 13th of 2017 is that there are no suspects in custody. The police by this time have received over 16,000 tips and they've conducted 500 interviews. It's not known by this point in time if, meaning in 2017, if they've gotten through all of those tips or not. Now on July 17th, 2017, The Indiana State Police released a composite sketch of the suspect that was seen on the bridge. Now, this sketch came about based on other eyewitness accounts who had also seen the man that day. He is said to be about 5'8 to 5'10. He weighs about 180 to 220 pounds, and he has reddish-brown hair. But still... No one has been arrested. In September of 2017, the Indiana State Police were contacted by a a police department in Colorado about a similar case that they had. The man, a 31-year-old Daniel Nations, who was an Indiana man, was arrested and accused of threatening hikers with a hatchet on a trail in Colorado. He had an extensive arrest record and had actually left the state of Indiana in July of 2017. So just about two weeks, two or three weeks after the girls were found. Now, Daniel Nation's arrests, um, his entire record includes indecent exposure, domestic violence, driving while suspended and a drug charge. 
Now, he was later named a person of interest, but he was not arrested. As the months go by, and as the family members become more and more frustrated, and rightly so, um, family members of the girls, they made appearances on Nancy Grace, on the Dr. Oz show, and the Dr. Phil show. Now, all of these appearances resulted in an increase in tips of about 500%. But still, there were no arrests made for the murders of the girls. At the one-year mark, the reward is now at $240,000. And while Daniel Nations, the guy who was in Colorado, hasn't been cleared in the case... The police say that he's not someone, quote, we care a whole lot about at this time. So in February of 2019, and yes, we have skipped forward now a full two years. So it's now two years that have gone by and there are still no arrests. The police um, hold a press conference letting people know that, hey, you know, we're still looking into this case. It has not gone cold. You know, don't give up on us. We're still looking. A couple of months later, though, in April of 2019, the police provide what they call a, quote, significant update in the case. A new sketch of the suspect, along with more video and audio of the subject speaking. The man that was walking across the bridge, the picture that had been circulated uh, since the start of the case, was now on video. It showed him walking with what appears to be a slight limp. Uh, They also released new audio, but all of it, all it contained was someone or the same someone. uh, We don't, to me, it sounds different. And I will play it for you guys saying the word guys. At this point, the audio that we can now hear says down the hill and then guys, but it doesn't sound like it's all one sentence. Instead, it's just another word that sounds like it might have come from another phrase. The man spoke or even a different additional man altogether as they don't sound like they same came from the same person as they had said, but this new sketch that they now show Um, It shows someone who appears to be incredibly much younger than the original sketch. Quote, and they call it, quote, an 18 to 40 year old man who may live, work or visit in Delphi. Now, when the video and the additional audio were released, people were upset. And of course, you can see why they would be. Why did it take them two and a half years to release this information? Additionally, they're frustrated because for over two years, they've been on the lookout for one particular individual based on the first sketch, but the new sketch is now said to be the primary man they're looking for. So they're like, well, okay, so for two years, we've been going after this one or looking for somebody who looks like this one sketch, the first sketch, and now you're telling us, nope, 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 disregard this and instead look for this person? It was later released that this, quote, new sketch had been in possession of the police at the same time they had the sketch of the older gentleman. 
because the new one had also been uh, was a sketch based on witnesses uh, testimony. Now, after releasing this new sketch, the police didn't take any questions, uh, but they did tell the group that uh, gathered there that, hey, we're, we're not done looking. We're still looking for this, this person. Years go by and still nothing. No arrests in the case and barely any updates at all. As I mentioned before, the police are incredibly tight-lipped about the whole thing. So now we're up to April of 2021. It's now over four years after the girls have gone missing. And investigators are looking into a man named James Chadwell II. He had been accused of kidnapping and beating a young girl in Lafayette, Indiana, just 17 miles away from Delphi. James Chadwell, he was charged with attempted murder, two counts of child molestation, kidnapping, criminal confinement, battery and strangulation in connection with a 10-year-old girl. The girl who was rescued or escaped, it's totally unclear as to how she got out of her situation, but thank God she did, uh, told police that she had been invited into um, this man's home to pet his dogs. And once inside, he forced her into the basement. Once she was in the basement, he tried to strangle her. He beat her in the head and he made her perform sexual acts. Now, at the time, there wasn't any connection to her case and the case of Libby and Abby. But the police did say that they have several key pieces of evidence in their murders, including a video taken on Libby's cell phone that they say she recorded, quote, during possible criminal activity. But still, no arrests have been made in their case. Nothing came of this. A few months later, in December of 2021, Police put out the word that they want information about uh, some social media accounts, specifically Instagram and Snapchat, that are using the profile name of Anthony underscore Shots, S-H-O-T-S. These social media accounts used fake photos of a male model, and then the user of the account used these photos to either get nude pictures or addresses of young girls. Now, the owner of these accounts, uh, he was found, he was arrested, but there was no connection to Libby or Abby. Then the impossible, or what everybody thought was just the impossible, happened. On October 26th of 2022, the police announced that they had arrested 50-year-old Richard Allen. He was taken into custody by the Delphi Double Homicide Task Force and transported to Carroll County Jail. A judge then stepped in and ordered him moved to White County Jail, which is a state facility. And the reason the judge stepped in was because he did it for safety reasons. And this is where Richard Allen sits today. 
Now, according to some news reports, he's actually been on the radar of investigators this entire time. Richard Allen has lived in the Delphi community for 16 years. He's a licensed pharmacy tech and worked at CVS, but had no criminal record. So whether or not that's why they dismissed him at first, I I don't know. I'm speculating. Do not, you know, take my word on that. It's actually unknown if he worked in the pharmacy at CVS because in a seriously stomach-turning twist, Libby's grandmother, Becky, said that it was Richard Allen at CVS who had helped her print off pictures of the girls that were used at the girls' funeral. I mean, just imagine that for a minute. You're taking in, you're in, you know, the depths of despair. These girls have just passed away and there's no no one under arrest and you have to put together a funeral. So you gather all their, their pictures and you take them to, you know, CVS to have them, you know, printed off. And the man who's helping you is the one who killed them. Sorry, is accused of killing them. Now, Richard Allen um, actually is married. And his wife, shortly after his arrest, deactivated her social media accounts. The community, as you might imagine, was in absolute shock. And they were certain that his wife must have known something. So what happened is that the public then took it upon themselves to start asking his wife questions and or blaming her. Now, the police, in the meantime, they're still asking for tips in the case because the theory is, is that now that they have someone in custody, they're hoping that people will reach out to them with information about this specific individual. Now, after Richard Allen had his initial hearing, the documents that were related to the case were sealed under court order, So, which is unusual. So the hearing to unseal these records is actually set for November 22nd of 2022. The Carroll County prosecutor, Nicholas McClelland, said that the documents are sealed due to the case still being an open case. Of course, um, people then questioned if, uh, hey, are you still looking for someone? Um, But this was unclear. But the choice to leave the documents sealed, as I had said, they'd only fueled more speculation. You know, why are these sealed? Do they have the right guy? What evidence do they have? Did they use DNA? Did he confess? No one knows the answers to these questions. And because of the sealed documents, no one has any answers. Now, Richard Allen's court date, it's set for March 20th of 2023. And he is currently being held without bond. Now, interestingly, the judge that was assigned to oversee his case or this entire case, Judge Benjamin Diener, asked to be recused. And and initially, um, no explanation was given, but eventually he did say that it was because he and his family didn't feel safe. Uh, Some people have shared photos of his family on social media. He didn't want his family involved. And, you know, I totally get that. Um, 
it was then assigned to a different judge. Now, unfortunately, at this point, this is all we know. After over five years, there's now been an arrest. Uh, We don't know anything more about it until we find out if they're going to unseal the records in the case. If they don't, then I guess we wait, you know, maybe even until the trial and find out then what kind of information they have. Um, I really hope that we don't have to wait that long, but you never know. Um, As I said, when more information becomes available, I'll be sure to update you on social media. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all of you. If you could give uh, the Instagram page a like or a share, that would be awesome. I truly appreciate all of that, um, that love and support. So I will speak with you next week.